Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weekly Wilson Podcast. We're at it again. Jay is... Oh, I spoiled it already. Yeah, what the hell, man? I was ready to make an entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Here, let's start over. I don't like that one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weekly Wilson Podcast. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I was actually going to recut it so we could have a fresh intro. Okay, well, we'll just... We'll fix and post, ready? I'm your host, Brian Wilson. Well, no, I thought we were actually... Okay. And I'm back. Do we want to do it again? You know, I think it's sort of like a bless this mess situation at this point. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brian, it's good to see you. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. (coughs) I missed you. (laughs) I see you're doing well. Yeah, so my body's in shambles, but... um. My mind is clear, and I'm ready to recount my travels. Alright. Well, can you wait half an hour? I suppose. So Jay's back from Portugal. He has a lot of stories to tell. Um, But I also have a lot of things I want to tell Jay, because I've been kind of out of touch with him. Yeah. So I'm going to catch Jay up with my life in the first half, and then we're going to get to the good stuff in the second half. Can I just say before you start, it's really weird that all the times that I'm... Like, I lose touch with you. It almost, almost every time you also lose touch with me. Isn't that, isn't that kind of a two-way street? Doesn't that always happen? Yeah. It's, it's weird how that happens. Um, anyways, if I was still touching you, I think it'd be hard for you to not notice. Yeah, it really just have to be like touch me. eavesdropping on what's going on and then just observe from the shadows. Um... Mm. But Although what? I guess that's kind of what social media would be for, because uh, people did ask me, they're like, how's Jay doing in Portugal? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I haven't talked to him. He could be dead for all I know. And then Sydney's <laughs> like, no, I, I saw him posting on social media. He's fine. He's yeah. doing well. Yeah, it was tough. I was, But yeah, for a yeah. while, I just didn't hear from you at all. And I was like, I hope he's okay over there. Yeah, I, uh, my phone wasn't, was one of the ones that we deprioritized, um, Mm-hmm. So I, mine just doesn't, didn't work unless I had Wi-Fi. So I would get Wi-Fi, repost all the things that everyone else had added to their Instagram stories, and then call it a day. Mm-hmm. Well, I was wondering, because you were texting me. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if the international texting is, like, included in this plan. I don't know. Um, I only did it, I put my, I put my phone on airplane mode. The whole trip. Okay. So when I was texting, it had to be wiffy. Oh, you have an Android now, don't you? Yeah. Okay, I was worried that you were te- just normal texting me. But I guess if you have an Android or if you use, like, Google Messages or something, it was probably <coughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah. Okay, well, that's reassuring. I was worried Dad was going to get smacked in the face with a big old text bill. Mm. Yeah. But it didn't stop me from texting you, so... I I like, well, he's digging his own grave. <laughs> yeah, well, I just texted you. Um, do you have WhatsApp? This is not a podcast no. material. Um, what happened with you <laughs> while I was gone? <laughs> okay, yeah. So the main thing I wanted to tell you about is that Sydney and I uh, were really busy this summer. Just with normal stuff like hanging out with friends. So, so you're already at the end of the summer. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you mean? You said we were really busy this summer. It's like we're moving on. We're done with that shit. We're <laughs> we are looking. <laughs> no, forward. not we're. I said I said we are really busy this oh, summer. Oh, okay, my bad. Because <laughs> because we have all of our usual things, but then we're also trying to convert this van yeah. that we're working on. I don't know if I told you, Jay, but we got a van. I saw. <laughs> so we have to work on converting this van, but then we also want to live our normal lives too. Yeah. Um. So we decided we have to become much more deliberate with our free time yeah especially during the weekdays it's like we need to make the most of the weekdays so that we can kind of leave the weekends free for whatever whether we want to have fun weekends or work weekends we gotta balance it on both ends so what we started doing was we sit down every sunday and we have a little notebook and we like split up the days and we say everything that we want to do on each day and it does a really good job of just us being aware of what is going on in each other's lives and what we're both doing and then plan out when we're going to come together and work on things together that need to be worked on and it's just it's made obviously it's made us a lot more productive and it's just made me feel a lot better about myself just like having everything planned out and then like crossing things off yeah and just organized because we tend to really fall into the trap of just getting home and like we're like oh the work for the day is done let's pop some popcorn and watch Ted Lasso or something or like play Pokemon yeah. and we just whittle away all of our weekday nights just saying like oh we already worked today we don't need to do anything mm -hmm. but when you pre-allocate that time for something you're you can mentally prepare for it ahead of time and then you don't feel as exhausted because you know there's still more to be done that day so yeah. all of this to say it's I think it's really improved just our life function in general. Yeah. So that's been really nice. When you plan it, I suppose, it's like, uh, like even when, you, when you're when you not doing anything and then when you're doing stuff, you're just like, well, I meant to do that. It's like, that, mm -hmm. was, that was all in the plan. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's, we were talking about that a few weeks back, maybe that's giving you more of an illusion of control if you're just like writing everything it's down. It's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we have the van. Another thing is Sydney got me a uh, yoga like trial thing at a yoga studio right down the street. Oh, love that! So we're like, yeah, so we're like, we want to go to as many yoga classes as we can, but with everything else going on, it's like we got to plan. We got to know when we're gonna go, so we got to lay that out ahead of time. I've also made it a much bigger priority to start running with the Wilmington Road Runners around okay. town. Okay. So. Well, that's going on the in the notebook at the beginning of the week. Yeah. So I found a few different group runs that I've been going to. Um, <coughs> I'm actually meeting a few people that have been running my pace. So that's fun. <coughs> Man, you really are falling apart, huh? Yeah, I've been hacking. Mm -hmm. I'm not the cool Matrix kind. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of another thing I just wanted to talk about for a little bit was getting involved with the Wilmington Roadrunners more because I tried to get involved with them a couple years back and it was like I would make my way to the meetups but then nobody was really going my pace so I ended up running alone anyway yeah and it was kind of more effort than I thought was worth it to go places to run but I've been enjoying it a lot more this time around and just like having people to run with so yeah if you can find your folks I I was like specifically thinking back on the days where it was like well, just being back at home, because just in transit during the summertime. Mm -hmm. So, like, where we grew up is just, like, beautiful in the summer. And it just brings back a lot of memories of waking up 
summer mornings to yeah. go for like uh summer conditioning runs with the cross country team. Mm-hmm. And just those that energy of just a bunch of bunch of your buds all together early in the day going for a run. Yeah. It's like just the and... <laughs> it's like lightning in a bottle. It's just one of the, my favorite dynamics. Yeah. I've also inevitably met a lot of people from Ohio. Um, on one of the runs I went to, one of the first ones I went to, the two guys I met were uh, Jay and Mike. Nice. So Keeping them Sydney in the family. That was ri- yeah, Sydney thought that was ridiculous. And then Jay was from Stowe. Oh. And he graduated the same year as Bryce, I think. Nice. Yeah, but he didn't run in high school, so he didn't know any of the runners. But uh, uh, yeah, so that was funny. And then I went back the next week, and I met their other friend Brian. And I was like, "Oh, you you don't need me anymore." <laughs> he was like, "I'll just, just <laughs> see myself out." I was, I was just filling in for the other Brian. <laughs> but yeah, so that was fun. And then yeah, I was running with a group yesterday, and uh, there was a long stretch where just like nobody was really saying anything, mm-hmm. but we were just kind of like plugging away at the miles. And then towards the end, me and one other person broke off because we were wanting to go a little faster than the rest of the group. But then we were talking about how she had been running alone for a long time and wanting, like, just wanting to run with people again. Yeah. So then we were just, like, broing out about just how nice it was to run with people. And I was like, yeah, even that whole part where we were just, like, not saying anything, it's just nice to have, like, other footsteps around, other people breathing heavy around you. You just, like, feel like part of something bigger and better. Yeah. And I think that, so, I bet you that's like a deep-seated like human desire because like that's what we evolved to do. Yeah, you run with the pack. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, really glad I've made that a priority this summer. I've only been doing it for a few weeks, but I think it's only going to get better. I'm. I found there's a couple days they do track workouts, nice. so I can get involved in some of that. Yeah. Exciting. That is exciting. Also part. Part of our planning, we got the board game nights going back up again. We had a board game night this past week, and I forgot how much I love board game nights. Yeah. Especially, like, the people who are actually, like, into board games. Like, playing some board games with Mitch. Like. Oh, yeah. There's, like, a lot of cool board games out there. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun. It's just like, oh, which one are we going to play tonight? Oh, let's crack out this one. Do you guys remember this one? And then, yeah. 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 And oh, I think great. I also think D and D has given me a large tolerance for like very obscure rule systems. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a whole little sub culture. Yeah. Like once you kind of figure out how board games work, yeah. like complex board games all work somewhat the same. Yeah, you're just they like all right, what, what are the action phases? Like how many what actions do I get yeah. per turn? Like, mm-hmm. It seems like a lot when you're just getting into it but after you play a few games like that yeah. it's like they're all kind of all kind of the same it's like learning a new language but yeah mm-hmm. but yeah so our intentionality at the beginning of the week has allowed us to have all of these things coming together yeah. where i feel like i'm doing so much more i feel like i'm getting a lot more out of my time yeah and it's made me really happy it has also made me a lot more tired though yeah so <laughs> I've had tired eyes for the past, like, 48 hours, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Yeah, I, uh, I think one thing that I definitely need to lock in upon re-entry into my life, because, you know, you, you shake things up for a little bit, you get a good reset. Mm-hmm. I desperately needed to value my sleep higher for the last, like, multiple months, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm really locked on to trying to do more, or, like, do all these things that I like, but sleep, 
It's got to be got to be numero uno. You can't. Yeah, you got to find the balance. Yeah, what was it? Because somebody said to me recently, they said, uh, yeah, a lot of people are overtrained, but you'd be surprised how okay your body is with overtraining if you're not underrested. Hmm. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's well put. Yeah, because a good night's sleep can really just turn you around big time. Because yeah, some of the guys on club, like, train so hard and, like, work so hard at everything. And they, like, do two-a-days mm-hmm. multiple times a week. And I'm like, how do you do that? And everyone's just like, yeah, don't be underrested. Like, your body is yeah. pretty good at healing itself. If yeah, you let it I rest. eat a crap ton right after I work out, and then I get enough sleep, and then you bounce back. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Our bodies are pretty, pretty amazing things. Yep, yep, but for some reason mine can't handle going to Europe, so... Uh, going to Europe is a pretty big leap. Yeah, but... Was there any, were there any other notes you wanted to cover before I commandeer the podcast? Um, I don't know, I have some small things. This My hat that I stole, I'm wearing right now, the Velcro on the back is starting to go. Like okay. I said, the Velcro on these hats is trash, so I yeah. just want everyone to know. I don't know how many weeks ago it was I found this hat in the airport, but... How Velcro of, is how often do you undo and me. redo the hat? Um, quite often, actually. Yeah. Because of because of my bun, it's like it usually comes undone when I'm. Can, can you see how I do it? I put my bun through the little hole. Yeah. Yeah. So most times when I put it on, the Velcro will come undone as I'm putting it over the bun. So that probably doesn't help. But also, if you just looked at the Velcro on these hats, Grant has one. Look at it. It's like not real Velcro. I've, I'm familiar with the with the faux with the faux crow. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, act like you've been there before, Jay. It was a good joke. Just move on. Um, okay. Uh, no, what I do when I had a bun was I would just put it on bun first and then seat it. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. Oh, but your bun is just too boisterous to fit through the yeah. hole? It does It does not like to be tamed in the hole. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, it's a bummer, so, dude. Yeah, it's fine. Maybe I'll find another hat. Yeah. Maybe not. Also, uh, the alligators are coming back out Wait, in Greenfield maybe, maybe Lake. Not. I've seen a couple this week. You think this could be your last <laughs> hat for all time? <laughs> it could be. You never know. Jeez, I guess you do never know which one's your last hat. Um, mm-hmm. But the alligators are out in full force? Not full force, but they're mobilizing. <laughs> they're mobilizing. <laughs> <laughs> they're mounting a counter-strike. <laughs> I saw two this past week, and it oh, might have really? been the same one twice. Yeah. A lot more turtles than alligators. The turtles are in full force, let me tell you. Maybe the alligators are mobilizing against the turtles. <laughs> they could be. It's about to be a bloodbath over there. Oh, man. Um, no? I mean, just kind of small other shibble fritz. Yeah, well, Brian, buckle up, because I got two nothings before I even get to Europe. Um, okay, good. I was going to ask if you... Okay, good. I was hoping you might. Um, but no, yeah, I wanted to know if there was any little things since you got back, or maybe even before you left. I don't know. Yeah, well, since I got back, um, I got to see Bronson and his girlfriend, mm-hmm. Hannah. Um. Mm-hmm. And I met Hannah once before, but didn't get to talk to her for too long. So I was very excited to meet her again. We got Swenson's, so that was delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, Brian, I wanted to say that I'm sick of the way my phone updates. Because it happened this morning, and it was very annoying. 
Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Android update cycles either. Okay, well, tell me if this happens to you, too. It asks me, hey, do you want to update now or schedule your update? And I say, oh, let me schedule that bad boy. 2 a.m., cool. I won't have to deal with that. Without mm-hmm. fail, it will do... I assume it does something at 2 a.m. I don't know what it actually does then. But then it'll say the next day, first thing when I look at my phone, hey, do you want to update now? And I'll say, <laughs> no. I'm using my phone now. So yeah. I don't know if it just like preps the phone for update and you still have to say yes, update at 2 a.m. Because I'm not going to do that phone. Newsflash. Like, right. I gave you permission. You're good. Just update when you're ready at 2 a.m. But no, then it, <laughs> and it'll say like, can we update now? And then in small print, we're going to update now if you don't tell us not to. So then I'll just like pull out my phone at some random point in the morning. And then it's like, oh, your update's 12% done. I'm just like, what? Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Because uh, it's not a good system either. Because the only time... It doesn't give you, like, a notification. You just look at your screen and it's like, Hey, can I update now? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you can't update now. I just took you out so I could use you. Exactly. It, it needs to give you an alert, like buzz or ring, and say, Hey, is now a good time to update? And then you might be like, Yeah, I'm not using you right now. Go ahead. Yeah, so... That would work, too. The point on my list Scheduling is... Scheduling should yeah. also work. Yeah, the point on my list is written as sneak attack phone updates. <laughs> yeah. Because they really just... Um, I feel like they're fooling me every time. Yeah, and then all... Because I, I never want it to update, because every time I look at it, I'm going to use it. And then after a few times, I feel like it says, Hey... We're updating. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's what, that's what <laughs> you happened. Don't have a, you don't have a choice anymore. But. Yeah, really so, annoying. So that is upsetting. And then much more recently, uh, directly before the podcast, actually, um, I there's a bug crawling across my bedroom floor, like a really long, thin, black bug. Like not really, maybe two centimeters long. Like a I was going to say like, like a snake? <laughs> No, yeah. So it was, it was one of those. It was one of those big furry bugs with a with a tail, four legs. No, but uh, <laughs> no. So it was like a little little bug who was just slinking across the ground. I was like, oh, let me kill that bug real quick, and then I like smash it with the back of a pad of paper, and then I lift up mm. and it's still crawling. I'm just like, ah, oh, this is one of those tough to squish bugs. So I get like a little yeah. like, um, like card stock. It was actually the holster for the Aldi gift card that uh. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Kelly's parents got me for Christmas. Okay. And, uh, I was like, oh, let me just, like, slice and dice him with this guy. Slice I just, like, it. I just pinched him nearly, and I, like, uh, I did some sawing motion. Uh, no mercy. Nearly separate his body in two. Um, lift up, starts crawling away again. I'm just like, dude, that's not how this game works. Like, when, <laughs> and then, so then I, I get him. How many hit points does this thing have? I nearly, I, I at this point trisect his body but like there's enough connective stuff i guess to like keep it he, he starts crawling away again i'm just like dude what the... he's still in one piece like yeah i guess and then i like finally just like smash his head with like a piece of a uh, newspaper that i ripped out of my uh of my running shoe that was drying and um okay i just had to squish his head and then his legs were still moving but he was like it was definitely a dead bug at that point but i was like this this bug just doesn't have any quit in him. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like an anime character. But it was one of those like unidentifiable bugs, so it's not the situation where I was comfortable just like letting him chill, because uh, yeah, you know, like a lot of You're times like maybe th- yeah, 
Maybe this is one of those, like, crawls in your ears and eats your brains kind of bug. Yeah, you never know. Because, like, spiders, I have a lot of patience for spiders. If it's, like, a normal-looking spider, I'm just like, you know what? We can cohabitate this room. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I let a few spiders go this week. I think there's still one on my bathroom ceiling. Yeah, He's it's been like, hanging out there for a while. I feel like I've, like, decriminalized spiders in my house. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna just, like, welcome spiders in. And sometimes I do make a statement if one looks particularly spooky. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like there's good odds I'm just letting that slide um anyhow so that was resilient bug is the name of that item on my list um <laughs> but Brian do you want to hear about my Europe trip I would love to hear about your Europe trip okay so I'm gonna have to have you police me on this story because not once in the history of this podcast have I tried to tell an 11 day story oh no <laughs> yeah so I well let's what? let's at least go to the subject zone where a story like that belongs. Okay. here the bus is stopping ah the 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 zone nice um so brian the way i've constructed my retelling of this story because i've already told it like two and a half times um okay then i don't want to hear it yeah i've already lost my own patience with telling about my time in uh europe uh which i didn't expect to happen as fast i know there will be things that come up where i'm just like oh well and when i was in portugal Mm mm-hmm but uh, my experience was when I went and would I there was a period of time where a lot of the stories I tell or points I made was well when I was just in France or just yeah. in Germany, and you feel like really pretentious for a while. Yeah. But then it goes away. Well, if I really want to milk it, I could pull a, um. Well, I don't know if we said their last name, but like Ryan and Tommy's family. Um. Oh yeah. I could pull one of those moves and just post pictures from that trip for four years. <laughs> yeah um and people just think you're always in portugal yeah so did you only go to portugal or were there portugal and spain as well? brian okay but the way i've structured on the same peninsula yes um uh, the iberian peninsula nice if you will i don't know if that's true but i had a lot of iberian hamon while i was there um okay it sounds right yeah but Brian, it's definitely not the Aegean Peninsula. Oh, Brian, please. Um, but the way I've structured my retelling is I have the, like the different cities I went to sort of divided by day. Um, I have like six trip phases, and then I'm based on like location, and then I uh, I'm trying to say like one point five top things per place. And if you want to ask me about them, feel free. Okay. Um, I thought we were just gonna do like highs and lows. Well, I mean, I, I told you I was gonna tell you about my trip, and then we could do the roses and thorns after. Okay. Did you just want to gloss over my entire trip? I mean, that's fine if that's what you want to do, Brian. But I thought you were a little bit interested in me. <laughs> no, I am interested. <laughs> I also tried to shoehorn this in before the subject zone because I thought that our Europe at large discussion was the subject zone, but 
Now we're in the now we're really in the blowing it now right we're now? in the meta podcast zone, which is a slippery <laughs> slope away from the from the subject zone. Um, anyhow, Brian, I'm just gonna get firing on this. So we started out, we flew into Lisbon, and then immediately went to Faro, which are both cities in Portugal. Um, okay. And if I had to categorize the difference between Spain and Portugal, Spain. Uh, is really old, and a lot of, like, stuff is just still put together from way back when. Uh, mm-hmm. Portugal, similar, but uh, a long time ago, they had a ton of earthquakes, apparently, so it destroyed a lot of stuff. So they're, like, a little less developed than Spain. So, okay. Faro is, like, this coastal town. We had a really big fish dinner that was really cheap. It was, like, really cool. We went to a counter, just pointed at fish, and then they brought them to us. It was, like, whole table full of fish for like 17 euro it was pretty cool nice. um and was it was it like fish with the eyeballs still in them or oh, it was, the, kind of it was the whole darn fish brian i ate so many fish bones that night um wow yeah it was it was really good but also very difficult to eat i'd never eaten fish like that um yeah but and our hostel that was by far the coolest hostel it was ran by this french guy named adrian um and it was like the classic hostel experience where like everybody there was on the same page of like we're hanging out if we run into each other mm-hmm. um and like we're just playing cards with like oh these people this guy's from korea this guy's from the netherlands these girls are from the uk like mm-hmm. you know just talking to everybody yeah. um yeah hostels in europe are like the coolest place to be yeah and that one was definitely like the what you like imagine a hostel to be i feel like but uh sure. and in the morning adrian made everybody pancakes apparently he does that every morning wow yeah life like to our heart's content he just kept bringing out platters of pancakes but uh he must be really good at making pancakes yeah They're, they were down good. to a science at that point no sir career it was just pancakes with jam oh which i enjoyed um yeah jam's kind of like thick syrup if you think about it <laughs> yeah syrup thick um but, uh, so that was cool. Instead of syrup light, it's syrup heavy. <laughs> yeah, syrup heavy. But, uh, from Faro, we went to Sevilla, um, which is, like, a bigger city in Portugal. Um, and we went to quite possibly the most ludicrous dance club I've ever been to in my whole life. Um, Boy. if you can imagine, it's the Sevilla equivalent of, like, the Bean in Chicago. It's, like, this giant wooden lattice work that spans this, like, humongous square. Um, uh-huh. I forget what it's called, uh, but just look up big wooden thing, Sevilla, and you'll see it. Um, check. underneath that was a dance club. So we went to that, but people in Spain and Portugal, or wait, no, Sevilla's in Spain. I'm an idiot. Um, so that, so we had a quick little stint in Portugal, immediately went to Spain because Portugal, that was for us to hang out with Vlad and Vlad, if the podcast, well, not if, the podcast definitely doesn't know. This whole trip was to visit our Serbian friend who goes to UC with us, who is working in Portugal. A very worldly man, and one of the best guys you'll ever meet. But, uh, we're just like, we're not gonna hang out in Portugal without Vlad, we're gonna go straight to Spain. Once Vlad joins us, then we're gonna have the Portugal portion. Um. (laughs) Portionigal. I think Portugalian was Portugalian, yeah. yeah. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) so we immediately go to Spain, Sevilla, and uh, 
the way people go out in Spain, Brian, is they eat dinner at like 10 p.m. P.m.? Yeah. I guess that's a lot more believable than a.m. Yeah. So they eat dinner at 10 p.m. And then if you're like an early bird to the club trying to be like an old fart and go home quickly, you go out at midnight. If you're a cool, young, hip person, you go out at 2 a.m. This does not sound like a place I want to be. And then you stay out until, like, 7 or 8 a.m. Why? I don't know. And then they and then they just go to breakfast. <laughs> when do they sleep? That's... Right? Everything closes in the middle of the day because people are napping. And then I don't know when they sleep. <laughs> Like, they only ever they told sleep? us about nap time. They didn't tell us about sleep time. <laughs> Wait, do they do they only do this on weekends, or is this just, like, all the time? We did this on a Tuesday. <laughs> and, like, the vibes were bumping? Yeah, it was it was insane. The It was not like, oh, we went to the club on a Tuesday. It was, like, just a night at the club. Yeah. So, that was, like, literally, this, this club had, like... A upwards of hundred person line, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And we were able to just oh, whoop sneak in with a, a Devin's friend Paula, so she got us the connection. But then we get to the front oh, of the line, nice. and they're just like, "Hey, bud, you can't wear open toed shoes." And I'm just like, "That's dumb." Because uh, <laughs> I look, I'm from America. <laughs> well, because there's like a dress code, you know. And I'm just like, yeah. these look cooler than my, the shoes I'm gonna come back in. You do know that, right? And like, <laughs> so then I like, but then I didn't have to wait in the line again. They just let me run back home and then just immediately come in because I had theoretically waited in the line. But anyways, I'm getting too down in the weeds. The club was ludicrous. Like, insane strobe lights, like, loudest music I've ever heard, good music, mm-hmm. and then like, intermittent confetti cannons. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was just, it was, it was buck wild. But, uh, yeah, we, we stayed there to like, some of us stayed there till five. I think the last of our party left at like seven a.m. Mm-hmm. And then we had, and then we had a whole day in in Sevilla, just seeing sights. Okay. So, so I want to ask. So you saw that side, and then you said during the day everything just like closes in the middle of the day. Yeah. So did you feel? I always hear that people in Spain and other places in Europe are like way more laid back than the U.S. as far as working. Yeah. Did you see or feel that, like, people just not as, like, my life is my work? I mean, I know that, like... Kind of vibes? Th- okay, I didn't... I saw no evidence of day jobs while I was there. Like, there were places okay. that sold food and, like, other, like, small shops, but it's not like there's giant buildings of, like, industry where we were going. There's not, like, offices? It didn't seem like it, but also it's hard to tell because everything's just small. And I feel like in America, it's like, if it's a small thing, we assume it's like less legitimate, but like there, it's just like literally, oh, the like normal grocery stores will be tiny. And like, uh-huh. like, I don't know, like huh. I, I assume, oh, it's smaller store. I'm getting a worse deal. Like that's, I don't know. I guess that's like an American thing, but it's yeah. like, oh, if you want the best deal, go to the, go to Sam's club. It's like five football fields under roof. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know economies of scale. Yeah, but uh, so that was a little odd. But um, that's interesting because I was gonna say maybe since they, if if they nap during the day and like aren't as 
aren't working as vigorously as Americans do all the time, maybe that warrants having the energy to go out to the club until 7 a.m. Well, I don't know, Brian, because, like, there's enough people and enough things going on that, like, you could go, like, you would be out on the town, and I, as an American, I couldn't detect when nap time was, and we weren't napping during the days as much. Mm-hmm. So then, like, I don't know. The only ways where it was, you could really feel like it was more laid back was, like, at restaurants, like, there was no pressure to, like, eat and then pay the check and leave. It's like, oh, you're at a restaurant, you're going to hang out for an hour and a half or two hours. Mm-hmm. And, like, just order multiple rounds of food and stuff. So That's nice. Yeah, but, uh, but anyways. So then, the rest of our time in Sevilla, we saw, like, some cathedrals, some, um, like, old stuff, you know, the classics. Um... And I'm already losing patience with how slowly the story is going. So from Sevilla, we went to Madrid, <laughs> which is like the New York City of Spain. Mm-hmm. And uh, there we connected with Vlad, who immediately, like, we were bleary-eyed coming off of a train, like a three-hour train ride. And then Vlad immediately, uh-huh. he's just like, forcefully raised us all up to 100% energy. And we're all just like, Vlad! And he's, <laughs> he's just the most, like, boisterous and, like, like positive energy the person he's he'd get along well with gail i'd assume um but he's the best he's just like only good vibes so then he immediately got us all feeling awesome and we went out that night and that was pretty fun um cut my hand on the first drink i got in madrid though they gave me like a broken glass and i was just like hey this just cut my hand open can i like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I came back and I was like hey this glass is broken and it cut my hand and I was just like oh maybe I'll get a free drink and they just took it poured mm-hmm. it into a new glass and gave it back to me and I was just like well this is okay too I guess and then I t- but uh <laughs> but yeah so Madrid Did you need like a bandage no it was just like a little piece stuck into my hand a little bit and then I just pulled gotcha. that out and it's like you know when you get cut with something that sharp it bleeds more I feel like um, uh-huh. but it wasn't that bad but uh, the rest of my time in Madrid, there were, uh... so we also rendezvoused with this guy that, um, Umnia, so I haven't even mentioned all the members of our party, it was me, Hank, Umnia, and Devin were the Americans coming over, and then Vlad, mm-hmm. Vlad was the one uh, person we were visiting, but then Umnia knew this guy off an app that like people help like each other learn different languages, his name was Caleb, mm-hmm. and he lived in Madrid. So he hung out with us while we were in Madrid, and he knew fluent Spanish, which was very satisfying to view. We would, like, go to a restaurant, and he yeah. would just be, like, going back and forth, telling, talking to all the people, getting us the good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But the only other cool thing we did in Madrid was the art museums. Ooh. So, you've been to some art museums in your days, Brian. I have. These ones blew every other art museum I've been out of the water. Okay. Because, not gonna lie, sometimes I pretend to be interested. <laughs> um, and sometimes they're just not that interesting. So, like, but here, it's like one of the city centers of all of Europe. They right. got they got all the good art there, Brian. Yeah. It's like, oh, come look at one of our 150 Pablo Picassos. Like... Or like, oh, you want to see a Salvador Dali? We have hundreds of those. Like, 
Yeah. There's just so... These people made so many arts, and they gave them all to Europe. Um, yeah. But... Because uh, it cornered. Yeah. But there was one... Well, first of all, we got, like, international student cards that you basically just had to pay $20 for, and it just, like, internationally says, hey, I'm a student. Um, mm -hmm. And we got a bunch of discounts. So if you're going to Europe and you're a student, get an ISIC card. Saves you a ton of money. But, uh... We got into both of those museums for free. It was like some of the most impressive art I've ever seen. And right. it was all free. Probably saved like 30 euros. Yeah. But uh, but one of the museums had informational plaques by every piece of art. Which I think mm -hmm. immediately would make me enjoy almost any art museum. Yeah. Because usually it's just like artist title is all you get. Um, yeah. Which one of the art museums was that way. Thankfully the art was interesting enough to where I didn't need information on everything. Like, all the art mm -hmm. really told a story, but the one with the informational plaques, why don't art museums have that? That's one of my complaints. Okay. Because, like... About about art museums, not necessarily about the trip. Yeah, it's like, do I want to be like, ah, oh, yes, like, this is what I think this means. Because I can do that on my own, even if there's an informational plaque there. But if there's no informational plaque, and it's like a bunch of squiggles, and I don't know yeah. what's going on, um, like, it's less fun for me. And, like, I don't need you to tell me what the art means. You can just say, hey, this artist was, like, in this area at this time studying this. Or, like, here's a fun fact about the the artist who painted this. And it's, like... Yeah. Like, how do you feel or, about like, that? they they painted this entirely with, like, a torn-up sponge or something. Yeah, and, like, I just... I don't know. I, like... I, we were talking about this a little bit, but I'm, I'm a big informational plaque guy because, mm -hmm. like, seeing something... Is cool. It can be visually impressive, but like knowing the story in combination yeah. with seeing it, I feel like is is the cool thing. And if you had to pick yeah. one thing, seeing the visual or hearing the story, what do you think you would pick? Ooh. So you're talking like either just see the painting or just see the informational plaque and not get to see the painting? Well, like imagine there's like a painting with like a really cool story behind it. Uh -huh. Do you think you get more out of seeing the painting and having no idea what, what, like, any of the story associated with it, or just hearing a cool story about a painting? Probably hearing the cool story about the painting, I guess. That's what I'm saying, man. Because I'm picturing, yeah, being in a museum and looking at the painting and being like, well, that's a cool painting. And then yeah. just, eh, I don't know. You might get a lot about, like, wondering and brainstorming. Be like, I wonder what the artist was thinking. Coming up with your own story. Which I guess is kind of what you're saying we're left to do, usually. Yeah. But then the other context is I'm picturing sitting at a bar with someone. And they're like, dude, I saw the coolest painting today. Like, it was, so the artist, would, like, went to war. And then came home and, like, went through all this stuff. And then wanted to, like, express his experiences. And then painted this painting. And, like, this is kind of what it looked like. It was so cool. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, wow, I, I want to go find this painting now because you were moved. Yeah. So um, much. And you, to tell me this story about it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, the things where I could actually, like, hear a story or read a story along the trip, I got much more out of. Jay, what if we opened a museum with no art and just stories about art? Sounds like a, a, a building to do the job of a book. <laughs> <laughs> like a, or yeah what if we made really long stories no pictures <laughs> and you could just come in and read the stories with no visuals we call them handheld museums um 
Maybe we could even just let people take the stories home temporarily for free, as long as they brought them back. Yeah. I like it. Put a pin in that. Um, but one cool thing from one of the museums, we saw Mona Lisa 1.0. Did you know that that existed? Yes, I've seen it. Really? Yeah, in the Louvre. Mona Lisa 1.0? Yeah, like the Mona Lisa? Brian, I hate to tell you, but that's 2.0. No way. Yeah, there's a first draft, and it's a little different. <laughs> well then, but that's not the Mona Lisa then, that's the rough draft. So he so he painted one, it's like a full Mona Lisa, Brian. It has a different background, mm. and he's just like, I don't like the background as much, I'm gonna paint it again. And then he did. <laughs> Interesting. It looks okay, almost so exactly was... the same. It's wild. <laughs> that makes me. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd call that 1.0. I'd call that like the beta. Mm, I don't know. I think it looks better though. Is the thing like 0.1? <laughs> so he has a full body. No, it just it's like the background's more colorful. Huh. I I liked it. Interesting. Yeah. How big was it? About the same. Okay, yeah, because when I saw the Mona Lisa, I was like, it's really small. You thought it was going to be giant? I thought it was going to be at least, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess pretty giant. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was picturing, like, maybe f four feet by eight feet. Yeah. but uh, Your average sheet of plywood size. Nice. Uh, but, Brian, after Madrid, we went to Braga, and that's where uh, mm -hmm. Vlad works. And I think that was one of my that was my favorite city of the whole trip. Um, so we're back in Portugal at this point, um, and I think what honestly did it was one, it was less of a touristy location. Like Vlad worked here, so it's like just kind of like a random European city that like is a city that people visit, but not necessarily one of the ones that like immediately jumps to mind. Like you kind of have, have to have a reason to go there. I feel like, um, okay. but. Part of it was that aspect. Another part is having a guide makes it way better. Like, Vlad knew all the places he wanted to take us. He had lived there for months. And, like, mm -hmm. he would take us to cool spots and be like, oh, so over there is, like, every weekend anybody in town with an accordion will go there and play accordion music and then a bunch of people will dance. And he's like... What? And, yeah, and then he's like, oh, so here, here, let me order all this stuff for us in fluent Portuguese because I'm Vlad and I'm cool. Um... <laughs> So then he, like, ordering us all the food, and, like, we're trying all this interesting, like, it's just, like, I feel like you're able to get so much of a better, like, cultural experience when you actually have, like, your foot in the door, mm -hmm. and I think I've realized that's what's gratifying to me about going somewhere, like, far yeah, away. Sure. Uh, like, I don't know, I love sightseeing, but what really gets me is, like, being there, and it's, like, mm -hmm. I feel like, uh... Or, like, stepping into somebody else's, like, culture slash lifestyle. And yeah. if I'm You just... want the day-to-day -day life. You don't want the vacation yeah. highlights. So, if I'm going... But, yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, if I'm going sightseeing, it's, like, I'm not step... Like, I'm doing my own life in another place, if that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's what... I really liked Braga. And, like, there's a lot more... Particularly in that area, it's, like, just a bunch of, like, forested hills and then, like, pockets of, like, civilization... And stuff so it's just like a, mm -hmm. I liked I liked the vibe of that area um, but then from there we went to Porto which is close and it's sort of a bigger city which was interesting 
Not entirely my thing. It's a big wine area. They make this special wine from unripened grapes, of which I brought okay. back a bottle. Um, nice. Yeah, so, uh, Kelly, if you're listening, that is one of three items that I brought back for you. Um, and that's the only one I'm going to reveal, so Ooh. have fun waiting on that unripened wine. It actually is very good. I We, we tried a bottle of the one that I brought back. Um, but Brian... From Puerto, we went um, back to Lisbon, so where we flew into. Um, mm-hmm. Only thing I can say good about Lisbon is the breakfast that I had uh, the last day we were there, or the second to last day. Um, it was a cool place to have breakfast, and it was cheap, and I enjoyed it. Other than that, it was just another... <laughs> I was kind of burnt out from the trip at that point. I'd seen so many ginormous churches and, like... Yeah, been in so I many like big European cities. Like I was just like, eh, I don't. I was, we, we were all kind of fading at that point a little bit. Uh, yeah, and I got my water bottle stolen, so that was stupid. Oh no! Yeah, I'm just like, who steals a water bottle? Like what? Street Brian. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> but uh, so that was upsetting. I'm back to second string Nalgene at this point. Yeah, so. that one was briefly in my possession, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sure was. Um, which, you you don't understand how hard I had to fight to not buy another Nalgene when I went to return my backpack at the end of the trip. Because I oh, went yeah. back to REI, <laughs> and they have all the cool Nalgenes, and I'm just like... Oh, yeah, for sure. I got to the point where I did a coin flip on a water bottle, and I didn't buy it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a close one. It was a close one. I, but I can't justify buying another Nalgene when I still have three. Right, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. And it's also hard to justify paying like $12 for an Algene when you can get them for 50 cents at that, Goodwill. That's the problem, is that was the cool one that I got for 25 cents, Brian. Because it already had a sticker on uh, it, and I loved that water bottle. Oh, man. So, that's a bummer. But if it was, that mm-hmm. was the only thing that got stolen, and I feel like if the only thing I get stolen is a water bottle, I did alright. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, but anyhow... Uh, and then I flew back, so time. Hopefully yeah. I didn't take too long mm-hmm. on that trip. I think we're doing alright. <laughs> too bad. Yeah, so by the end of the trip, it was kind of one of those... You can only you can only see the most impressive thing you've seen so many days in a row before it starts to be like, okay, this is, this is a lot. That and a lot of the sights we were seeing were pretty one-note. It's like... I don't know. I think by nature of nature... Like, when you're taking a road trip through, like, the American parks and stuff, a lot of the nature is going to be different because you're just driving so far away each time. Mm-hmm. But then, like, in Europe, everything was closer together, so, like, the actual scenery was more similar. But then also, it's, like, it's man-made, and most of the, the men that were making the things really only cared about Catholicism. So, mm-hmm. like, and it's very structured and traditional, so it's, like by nature of tradition, they're all going to be pretty similar. Um, yeah. Not to say they weren't impressive. One of the cathedrals we saw could literally fit every other cathedral that I, I'd ever seen in my life inside of it. Like, it was ginormous. But, uh... But yeah, then at a certain point, she was like, okay, so this is another really cool, ornate cathedral. Um, I don't think I need to pay to get inside this one. I think I know what the gist is going to be. Like... <laughs> yeah. But, uh... But yeah, so, yeah, by the end, I was ready to to come back on home. 
But um, hats off to Devin and Omnia. They were definitely like the uh, the driving force behind like figuring out the logistics of what we wanted to do, um, mm-hmm. and like the countless trains, planes, and buses we took. So yeah, uh, to their credit, they planned a great trip, and uh, I yeah. was very comfortable riding the coattails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you go over there, it's like there's so much to see and so much traveling around you have to do to see it all and figuring out all those logistics is no easy feat no but anyhow brian if we want to get directly on topic for this (laughs) uh we've sort of been dancing around the topic for a while now um i was Mm -hmm. thinking we could talk about things we like and dislike about europe at large since now that now we're both world travelers Oh, is it both of us? I thought you were just going to tell me yours. I can do that, too. Oh, then we'll definitely fly through this subject zone, because you can confirm whether or not these are things that you feel strongly about. Okay. Um, And for context, you've been to Portugal and Spain. I've been to France and Germany. Yeah. So. So. That's the scope that we're working with here. Yeah. Both Um, for about a week. I was there for 11 days. Okay. Sorry, I had to hack for a second. Um, yeah, we can cut that out. So, Brian, my first rose of Europe. By the way, I'm calling this a rose and a thorn because I had heard that recently. It's the similar to how we used to do best part, worst part. Mm-hmm. People but much more to, elegantly named. Yeah, people <laughs> get to there and be like, "All right, everybody, one rose and one thorn." It's like, what are we in Hogwarts? But, uh, <laughs> so I, in no particular order, I'm going to say my first rose is public transit trains. Oh yeah. And hundred percent. Yeah. So this one's a slam dunk. Uh, and it's understandable why the U S doesn't have it as good because like if you're a national government and your entire nation is the size of Ohio and it's like completely full of things, then it's like, like if Ohio was its own government, you know we'd have a train running from Cleveland to Columbus to Cincy, and then like probably up to Toledo. Yeah, for sure. Maybe out to Youngstown and like Athens too. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, we don't have it. As, I think probably just because of how young are, we are as a country. But uh, being able to just like chill out, take a three-hour train to like the next big city. That's like across the country. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Not gonna lie. Um, it's like yeah. 10, 15 euro. Um, and I never felt like I needed a car, which was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, there were times That's when it would have been. That's a good point, too. Sorry. <laughs> Just because. Uh, so America does have good public transit within cities. Sometimes. But like. Yeah. So like San Francisco good public transit boston new new york i think i haven't taken it as much in new york um but yeah generally any big city i would just went to philly for pen relays yeah and i got into the airport and took a train straight into the middle of the city and did not need any public transit of any kind the whole weekend i was there nice so yeah we got it down in the cities but as far as like intercity yeah. there's not as much 
And like you don't like, take a three hour train ride. The longest you're probably going to take is like an hour and it's yeah. only going to be an hour because you have to take 12 stops during the train ride. Yeah. And then also, um, sort of a sub note is just walking cities in general. I feel like we're, it's more likely for a city to not be a walking city in the U S mm-hmm. like there's a downtown area, but, uh, like what is it? Caleb while we were in Madrid was kind of saying like the concept of downtown doesn't really translate to Europe as well because it's just kind of like the city is the city and it just m- morphs into like another city eventually. Yeah. And it's like all just kind of a equal density. Um, yeah. Like no, no matter where you are, everything you need is probably within a 20 minute walk. Yeah. So that was, it was definitely like a walking city. And you could tell that it was a walking city. Yeah. I just love that in general. That's why I loved living in Berkeley. It's why I loved being in college. Yeah. Because everything you need is just so close. Yeah, that's the, something I like that, that I really like. And probably something that I appreciate the most about college as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Europe just has a lot more of that than the United States. Yeah. So, but Brian, kind of the same note and a thorn. Mm-hmm. There's just a shit ton of buildings. Yeah. There's too many. Just everywhere. Yeah. Huh. We need to, like, in Europe, we just need to, like, Thanos snap half the buildings away. Because um, <laughs> I, part of it was that I didn't want to get lost, but then another part of it was that I was sort of in poor health and poor state of rest for a lot of the trip. Um, mm-hmm. I, at no point was I as sick as I am now, and I still, at this point, don't feel that sick. So, like, don't be worried about my enjoyment of the trip. I wasn't that feeling like gross or anything but uh mm-hmm. it was just like i felt like honestly that i wouldn't be able to get up to speed running in these cities because there were so many people cars buildings and the streets were narrow and then the sidewalks were narrow to accommodate the narrow streets and yeah. like there's just no room there's buildings everywhere we would get up in a cathedral look out over the city and it was all buildings as far as the eye yeah. could see or it's like where where do you go? You can't get out of it. It's like a forest that you can't get out of. Yeah. I feel like that's just like city though, you know? But, but it just kept sprawling like forever. But like you can see the sky in a in an American city. I feel like, <laughs> you know? It's like I don't know, it depends where you're at. You know, okay, Brian, I felt like this. I'm going to give two back-to-back analogies. First one, Bilbo okay. Baggins when he climbs the tree up out of the forest and looks around and just sees uh-huh. forest everywhere. Um, uh-huh. so if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, that reference Two, um, a and two, I think were are my two examples. <laughs> um, example two in star Wars, like one of the prequels, you know, they have like the city that's like really tall. I forget what the city's called. Um, but then they like fly down to the slum level, like way down in between all the buildings. And like, mm-hmm. it's just, everything's so much taller than you are. And like, you can't really see anything. It's not that everything was taller, but everything was so close to me that it's like... Yeah, American I was going to si- say that... Yeah. There's not really, like, skyscrapers, right? No, but in American cities, it's like everything's so spread... Like, imagine walking around, like, Cincinnati. It's like there's a wide road, and the buildings are tall, but you can, like... Since the roads are wide, it's, like, scaled out. Like, there's space yeah. so you can see the roads see are up. wide, the sidewalks are wide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in... It's like everything was so close that it wasn't that tall, but like I would turn and I would have to like look straight up to see the sky. It was like everything oh. was building. So it just like everything was on top of me, it felt like. And I didn't like that. 
Okay. I didn't get as much of that with, like, France and Germany. Germany, especially, they felt more, like, modern. So there were, like, wider roads. Like, it felt yeah. more like an American city. At least in uh, Munich. Um, and then in France, Paris is specifically where I was. Once you, Yeah, once you get into some of the windy, more intricate roads, I definitely felt that. But yeah. there was still, like, you got to the river, and it was like, ah, okay. There's, like... Yeah. parks and like a bike trail yeah and if you got to the more major landmarks with like the eiffel tower the arc de triomphe yeah. then there's like more open space yeah but it's like it's so like, there was definitely yeah. there was definitely an escape but if you got in the wrong kind of like twists and turns of the roads then yeah it's all very tight yeah it felt like the streets were all just alleys and like like you yeah. would go to a place where you did not think cars were supposed to go and then a car would just like squeeze between two buildings and you'd be like oh this is a road. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. But uh anyhow. So Brian. The next mm -hmm. rose. And uh actually the word rose is in this one is Euros. Oh, the money? Yeah, I love Euros. Yeah, what specifically do you like about them? I love that coins mean something, Brian. I love having coins. Right? It's like, okay, the fact that I can hand someone, like, two coins and be like, one sandwich, please, is like, I feel yeah. like, I feel like, yeah, it's like I'm an it avatar feels more or right. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, two silver pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's, there, there's something I really like about paying with coins. Yeah. yeah, I loved having a handful of coins and, like, Yeah, yeah, you're just coins. like, okay, how many coins do I have? And, like, yeah. oh, man, I'm glad you like that, too. <laughs> Oh man, that's so gratifying. Yeah, and then like, and you're sitting there, you're just like, oh, I have some bills. I got like a ten, a twenty. You're just like, but this is cheap. Let me check out the coin situation. And then you're just like, oh, I got like eight bucks in euros. Like it's just yeah, like the coins mean something. Yeah, so that's what I like. But what I didn't like is that you couldn't find coins on the ground as much because coins mean something. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no running loot over there. And then like, I since there were coins that meant something, it's like you know how like quarters are worth a certain amount to where like then people aren't as concerned about pennies because quarters exist yeah the fact that like a two a two euro coin exists when i see a one mm -hmm. cent euro i'm just like that might as well be dirt why why do we yeah, make these get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i thought that was kind of funny um mm -hmm. so what do they have a one a two and a three euro coin i never saw a three euro coin do they have like a five? I can't remember what all they No, had. I think at five it's bills. They had ones and twos and then 50 cent coins. Okay. But yeah, just that the one and two euro coins are commonplace. Yeah. It's like, yes, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that. Um, I guess bills are nicer in the way that they're like lighter and more foldable. Like they're more portable, I guess. But also, if you just have a lot of coins, that opens up the potential for a coin purse. And I'd rather have a coin purse than a wallet. <laughs> that, that is cool. And then in, like, Canadian culture, you get you get to have loonies and toonies. What in the world is that? It's like a dollar and two dollars. And they're called loonies and toonies? Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I might move to Canada just based on that. <laughs> All right. Like, well, is there is there a thorn one one with the one money? beer for a toonie? <laughs> I do love that phrase. Yeah. Um. If I saw that on a sign, I would be going into that store. Yeah. So speaking of money, Brian, no free water or bathrooms. 
Ooh, I forgot about that. It's so stressful. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I really gotta, really gotta pee right now. Hopefully I have 50 cents on me. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. So that was annoying to me. Um, and then the water situation. Like, I found myself drinking significantly less water because, like, I didn't want to pay for it. Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, guys, that's kind of something you die without. And there's like, yeah, you should buy some water. I'm be like, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah, I mean, were you able to fill up in, like, sinks? Sometimes, but then it's a situation where you never know if, like, the tap water is meant to be drinking. Like, I don't know the standards drinking. in Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But a lot of people don't trust the standards <laughs> in America, even. Yeah, I guess it is sort of like a false sense of security, isn't it? Maybe. It's like... Maybe you just gotta get one of those life straws. Bring that with you everywhere. Honestly, that might have been a good move. Or, like, get one of those water pumps. I think we don't use those in urban environments enough. The fact that you can just have... Well, I mean, maybe that's like, yeah, because there were some places where there would be like non-potable water and be like, screw you guys, I got a filter. Yeah. What you going to do now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I think my friends definitely would have like looked differently upon me if I'm just like sitting there putting in like iodine tablets into water bottles and being like, I'll be damned (laughs) if I'm paying for some of that water. (laughs) (laughs) Remember yeah. they were, like, putting, like, the dropper into my water, like... Uh-huh. Mixing up your two bottles. Yeah. <laughs> water will be ready in 15 minutes, guys. <laughs> oh, man. I, like... I think that's a cool concept. Just sterilizing water. You know, you can sterilize mm-hmm. water with bleach in an emergency situation. Just, yeah, like, a little tiny bit. Yeah, like, there's a... There's a, there's a uh, density of bleach that will, like, sterilize it, but then it's still safe to drink. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yep. But anyways, Brian. I can't tell you can't uh, tell you how many times I've not had a fresh source of water, but I've had a gallon of bleach with me. Well, it's like an emergency situation. It's good to know. Yeah. Like if you have a mm-hmm. giant flood in your city. Yeah, that's true. Um Brian, the next rose is tapas. Tapas? Yeah. Do you know what tapas are? Jay, there is a tapas place right down the street from me. Okay, because Part of the theme of the trip was trying to figure out what tapas are, because... <laughs> it's just, like, small food, right? Yeah, because all of us unanimously went in with the assumption that tapas was one particular dish. Um, oh. <laughs> and we're just like, ah, oh, when are we going to have some tapas? And they're just like, you've already had tapas three times. And we're just like, what? But, uh... <laughs> the, That's amazing. Because we were talking to Caleb in Madrid, because by that point we had figured out tapas was almost a meaningless word. We're just like, anytime you're eating food, you can call it tapas. But, uh... Interesting. But he was saying, like, he's like, yeah, you, you guys are coming here, like, asking, what, like, what are tapas? Are these tapas? Is this tapas? And they're just like, it's very, like... I don't, I, you can't describe it, like, it's, yes, it's tapas, no, it's tapas, like, and then I was like, am, am I tapas? And he was like, pretty much, yeah, like, <laughs> but, um, just the, the thought of, like, getting a bunch of small things that you can taste, so you can taste a bunch of dishes, and, like, all being on board for the thing of, like, we're gonna order three tapas for the table, and then we're gonna finish those, and then we're gonna order three more tapas, and then we're gonna order three mm-hmm. more tapas, like, the... The rounds so we're all good. and like tasting a bunch of different things and like taking your time and like eating mm-hmm. small portions and it was yeah I really liked that uh, yeah Sid- Sydney and I went to the tapas place here and 
I was like, what is a tapa? I kind of went through the same learning curve. Yeah. But yeah, we just got there and we're like, oh, how many do we want to get? And we ordered like four, I think, three or four. Yeah. And then you just tell them like, these are all the ones we want. And then they bring them out to you one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So and I was like, oh, this is, I could get behind this. I like this style of eating. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. Side note, one of, one member of our party, uh, during the day we were in Sevilla, I believe, maybe, yeah. He took a train to a three Michelin star restaurant to have their tasting menu. Is I think three it was stars like, better. Yeah, three stars is the best. Oh, okay. Um, so he took a train to this three Michelin star restaurant, and their tasting menu was like three hundred euro or something, and like you had to make an appointment. And, like, be there on time. And if you didn't show up, there was a fee. And then, like... Oh, my gosh. And it was, like, multiple hours. It was 18 courses. Oh, my God. Yeah. For a tasting menu? Yeah. That's gotta be more than a full meal, right? No, the tastings are, like... Like, there'll be a tasting that's, like, one mouthful. Yeah, I get that. But 18 mouthfuls? Oh, Brian, if you think 18 mouthfuls is Over a meal, multiple hours... I should, I gotta wait to tell you about the one meal I had in, uh, in Braga. I don't know if I have a place where I could mention it. No, yeah, I'm gonna have to shoehorn in it, it in here. Um, it was, Brian, it was one of the most ferociously I've eaten ever. And that's, wasn't a ever? great sentence, but Period. like, you have your, like, your Hall of Fame meals, like, in your head, like, the best meals you've had. Not only was that yeah. one of the best meals... Pie, dinner, pie. Yeah. Not only was that one of the best meals I've ever had, like, taste-wise, like, culinary experience, I think that's one of the best I've ever done at a meal. Like, I... Like, I did a good job, I think. Um, like, your performance? Yeah. You PR'd? I think I PR'd in eating. Um, so, <laughs> Brian, this dish, it's like a sandwich with big, like, Texas toast bread, almost. Um, wow. I'm not sure if it was encased in anything. It might have... But uh, it had, like, steak... And, like, ham. And, like, some mm -hmm. other meat, I feel like, maybe. A bunch of stuff on the inside. Then it was this big toasted sandwich covered in cheese. Completely covered in melted cheese. Oh, boy. And then you deep fry that whole thing. Throw it no. in a tote bag <laughs> full of chili. No, and it was doused in this, like, beer cheese sauce. That was, like, had to have at least a whole stick of butter in it. And then... Oh, my... And you would this get these giant hurting me. You'd get these giant plates of fries, Brian, and then you'd just get like three or four handfuls of fries on your plate, mix it in with the sauce, because it was swimming in sauce. Like the dish was full of sauce. Sandwich was in a pool of sauce. Yeah. And then you'd mix it up with How the sauce. How did it maintain its integrity? Because <laughs> it was covered in cheese. There was a layer of cheese protecting it from the sog. Um so then you would mix in the fries with the excess sauce, and then you'd order more sauce and pour it on. <laughs> oh my god. So then we're we're already past the one stick of butter threshold. <laughs> and I'm tearing into this guy. Blew by that threshold. Yeah, so I'm tearing into this guy eating it. And we all get it. Uh, Umnia, who is Muslim, she orders it with just chicken. I think mine all... I think everyone else's also standard came with chicken. But she says, just chicken. I, mm -hmm. um, they bring it out and she cuts into it, has ham. So she sends it back. Because she mm -hmm. can't eat pork. They bring her another one. And it's just chicken. She eats, like, maybe two bites before Vlad mentions that it has beer cheese-based sauce. And then she's just like, oh, beer? I, I can't drink. And then she, like, is just like, I can't eat this. 
Um, which was a bummer but uh then that resulted in okay so Devin, hank and vlad all finish well vlad finishes like pretty quickly with uh with ease ease definitely it's, it fills you up it's like a giant thing I was gonna say i'm picturing like <laughs> a freaking no monstrous like, meal finishing this meal is a task like it it would take it, you'd have to you need jay wilson on a good day just to have a chance at finishing this uh-huh. And Devin and uh, Devin and Hank were both pressured to finish, but it was like a task. Like they were, we needed to roll them out of the restaurant. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got Jay Wilson over here. I finished my first one with flying colors, and then I proceed to eat like three fourths of the one that Omnia doesn't want. Oh my gosh, Jay! <laughs> I very nearly ate two of these things, Brian. I do, I transcended into a new phase of eating. <laughs> This had to have been like ten thousand calories. (laughs) Honestly, in butter and cheese alone. Yeah, it was like, Brian. I don't know. And then afterwards, I didn't even feel bad. I drank a whole beer during that meal too, and like, oh my, were you hungry going in? What? Were you hungry going in? I was pretty hungry, but then also like, I think what it was that we had like a pre-dinner, like. Three hours before, maybe two hours before. Uh huh. And I think that expanded my stomach, and then it was completely gone by the time we got to the meal. So I was like primed. I don't know. We had also like not had a, enough food some of the days. Like just you know, you're busy. Sometimes it doesn't line up. Mm-hmm. You might just have two big meals. So yeah. I think my body was like really ready to just like unleash itself on like a lot yeah. of calories, and I just yeah. I was feasting, and I I. I didn't even feel bad afterwards. I just, I was just like, I've, I'm so happy with what I just did. <laughs> you had unwittingly, perfectly primed your body for was, this meal, and it was, and it tasted so good. I was just like, oh, yeah, man. it sounds delicious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I'm gonna have to like send you the name of the meal at some point. But anyways, Brian, I should have had that as one of my roses of the, of Europe. But yeah. uh, let's see, no free water or bathrooms. The next rose. Tapas. Oh wait, yeah, we did tapas. The next thorn. Um, I listed this one as only having, only talking about where you're from slash having to defend your entire country. <laughs> okay. So like one thing is that like you meet somebody from a different country, and the immediate thing you're mm-hmm. gonna say is like, "Oh, where are you from? Oh, what's it like there?" Yeah. Whereas, like, you just have to do that all the time. It makes sense, but then at another time, it's just like, oh, you're from, you're from the Netherlands. Okay, what do you do for fun? Like, I, like it's, it doesn't make sense to go there immediately, but like, uh huh. But I feel like it's not worth it to talk about where you're from. Yeah, you can just say, oh, cool. Yeah, it's like, know. do you think I'm gonna get the Netherlands experience from you telling me about the Netherlands, or like, do you feel like you need to make the set the sell for me to come to the Netherlands? Because I don't know, but uh, but anyways, it's like that first night at the hostel when we're hanging out with all the people from a bunch of different countries. It especially like was a thing where it's like they're talking about, oh, what's life like in America, and like, oh, like here's what we think about Americans. Is this true or like? Did you get any interesting stuff like that? That's what I was wondering. So like, I don't any know. interesting reactions to being American? Well, people are just like, oh yeah, from what I've like, every American I've met like is like chill and like, it's like not at all with the stereotype on Americans. And I'm just like, 
Well, yeah, no shit. Like, it's a ginormous country. And, like, I... Mm. Well, it's one, it's ginormous. But then, two, it's, like, even from Spain or, like, France, it's, like, people are just, like, oh, well, like, you're not at all, like, people say that French people are like or people say that Spanish people are like. And I'm just, like, yeah, guys. Mm -hmm. It's almost, like, no country is unanimous like a uh, unanimously trending towards being a jerk or being cooler or like yeah it's like i think the dis the distribution of jerks to cool people is pretty uniform no matter what country you're in yeah and it's like it's almost like we shouldn't even talk about nationality in the conversation of are you a chill person or not yeah yeah i so, mean that's the main takeaway yeah so i like resented the fact where it was just like oh like the main portion of your identity in my eyes for this entire interaction that we're going to have this evening is that you're an American. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to have to like defend everything that America has done or like defend every American, <laughs> like much the same that where I yeah. feel like you don't need to defend everybody from your country. Like there was an interesting conversation yeah, I... where like Germans still feel weird about having national pride. And I'm just like, I'm not going to hold every German responsible for the Holocaust. Like, that's ludicrous. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think going into those interactions, you definitely need to present yourself just as one data point. You're yeah. like, anything I do or say isn't necessarily going to be representative of all Americans or all of America, but yeah. me being one date, one positive data point to someone so someone can say, I met someone from America, and they were really nice and really yeah. cool. That sh that shifts the needle a little bit for that person, and that's really yeah. all the impact you can have at that moment. Yeah, because they were saying, like, what was it? It got quickly in some of our conversations to, oh, well, in the Northeast, those people are going to be mean. And, like, in the South, those people might be mean, but it'll sound nice. And then it's like, I'm just like, well, guys, like, I feel like it's just kind of an even spread. Yeah. That's what's interesting to me is I'm like, when people from other countries think of America, do they think of the New Yorker or do they think of the person from Texas or do they think of the person from LA? Yeah. Like those are all basically different countries on their own. Yeah. And then, but then even you go to Texas and you have the people from like rural Texas and then you have people from Austin and people from Austin, Texas are pretty similar to people from like San Francisco. Yeah. So like... <laughs> So that's it isn't kind of, even spread everywhere. I felt like annoyed at the sense to where like I feel like everyone was reduced to like sort of a smaller box at times. It felt yeah. like, but uh, well, yeah, I guess I don't know. Then, Is there any utility to having the stereotype? Like, do you need a starting point for your for your judgment of someone, or should you just get to know them and kind of like disregard their background? I think you should, like, disregard nationality in terms of what you think it says about that person. Like, I feel like the kind of person I am could come from literally any country. Yeah. Maybe not any yeah, culture, I guess but, like, <laughs> any country. Like, I feel like the fact that an American doesn't have... It probably, like, speaks to the fact of, like, I don't know, not a lot of Americans know a lot about world global politics or like global news mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like yeah. it might it like you can you could say, Oh, he's American, he's probably not as big of a soccer fan as I am and like that's probably like right. accurate. <laughs> but it's like you don't know that. It's like there's a lot of people who are crazy about soccer in America. And mm -hmm. like I don't know. So there's like generalities you can make, but it's like 
when, if you're trying to assume something about like me as a person based on where I'm from, like that seems like a fraught concept from the start, which like, I feel yeah. like most people don't do, but mm-hmm. the fact of like having to be like, Oh, you're an American. What do you think about all these things about Americans? And it's just like, yeah, I mean, there's probably some Americans that are like that and probably some that aren't like <laughs> just yeah. you know, probably at the same rate in France. I think, I don't know. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So that's we how I should I... strive to judge people based on how they act and how they treat us, not where they're from or what we've heard about other people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there, them. like there are some people that I met. I'm just like, well, like you kind of seem like a tool. Like, I think I, I think I know a lot <laughs> of people like you, but it just so happens that you're like from this part of Europe. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't have a bad opinion about that country now, but like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Um, but Brian, that's enough of the, so uh, that was a thorn. That was a thorn. Next rose is a quick one. Hamon. Familiar with that one. It's a, uh, I more specifically like Iberian ham. Okay. It's like real thin cut, like cured pork. That was, like, in a lot of stuff and on a lot of stuff and just, like, very, very delicious. Like, we got a sandwich that was just jamon on bread. Or a mm-hmm. bocadillo de jamon. Ooh. Um, yeah. Well said. Thank you. Uh, so is it, like, cold cuts, kind of? or like... Kind of, but it's usually room temp. And okay. it was just, like, yeah, it's very good. It's kind of like a, uh, like, the halfway point between, like, a whole meat and, like, a deli meat. Where it's okay. like you could tell it was a cut of of flesh, but uh, it definitely felt like cured and sort of like a more potent flavor that you would get from like a, a salami or a pepperoni or something. But uh, gotcha. yeah, lots and lots of pork in Spain and Portugal. Interesting. They should call it Portugal. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah. Did you did you recommend that to them as you were leaving? I I wrote a strongly worded letter. Like um, getting on the plane, you're like, hey, you guys should consider this. I don't know if anyone's ever said this before. Yeah. Um, breaking news, the entire country of Portugal has been laughing for three days. <laughs> we don't know when it'll stop. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, come on. Quick, easy one. Um, another thorn... One, two, three, four, four. Yeah, another thorn of Europe... Is uh everything's Catholic. It's pretty one note in that way. Um Yeah. And while I kinda mentioned this earlier, like while I'm I am pretty interested in like the historical story of like the Bible, because we weren't really brought up with a lot of the like nitty gritty of what the the story is. Mm-hmm. So I'm always interested to ask my Catholic friends like, Hey, what is like I'm seeing art and sculptures and just like, do you know this guy and this art like in this drawing, and then they're just like, oh yeah, that's a, that's, um, Simon. He, like, was just some random traveler who helped Jesus carry the cross because he saw him, like, struggling. And they're just like, oh, he's just some random dude. And they're just like, yeah, he's just a cool guy. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, never knew about Simon. Um, yeah. It's just little bits and pieces. And, like, a lot of, what I think is cool about a lot of, uh, the Catholic friends I have is that since it is so regimented and traditional, like, they'll know so much of the academia of, like, the story of the Bible, which I know almost nothing about. 
So it's mm-hmm. always interesting to me to like hear all of the nitty gritty from them. And like we're around all that stuff, so we were having a lot of like theological discussions and whatnot and mm-hmm. just seeing a lot of impressive things. But um the reason it's a thorn brine for me is uh it's pretty much everything. Like it's all it's like almost all there is. Like around the cities and stuff. It's like yeah. everything is Catholic. Like everything you're going to is a cathedral. Like all the symbology for almost anything is like uh, centered around Catholicism. Everything, all the cities and streets and everything are named after saints. And I'm just like, all right, mm-hmm. guys. Like, is there anything else you want to show me? Because I've seen all this at the other city. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, so just, you just like, like to see a little more variety. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. So it was interesting to see another culture, a culture that was much more strongly centered around like a religion but uh that is interesting yeah but based on the fact that that's never really how i've conducted my life it was like kind of uh you know i got i got the gist like after it, a little bit yeah <laughs> like it's cool but it's not something you can really like relate to and kind of yeah. dive into and get all that excited about yeah so but it was uh definitely worth seeing um yeah Another rose, the last rose, um, knowing multiple languages, I thought it was just a cool concept. Oh, yeah. So you don't know multiple languages now? No, not yet. Um, You're just saying that's a cool thing. Yeah, I think, like, that was my favorite part of being there was when we had somebody who could speak the other language. Because, like, you don't realize, well, that's, that's one of the things that made me feel most like an ignorant American was not knowing another language. Because, like, people talk about uh, other countries not liking tourists. Like, them not liking tourists in France or something, I feel like, is a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Or, like, being rude. But I feel like, literally, the one thing that earns you, like, a thousand brownie points is, like, if you can kind of speak the language, people will be like, oh, like, and they'll, like, be excited to talk to you. Because, like, yeah. oh, you've made an active effort to, like, engage in my culture? Like thank you for not just coming here and expecting me to adapt around you. Um, right. So it's like, I, I found a sudden desire to like learn a language so I can like feel more like a, like a positive member of like the world, the world community. Yeah. I completely agree. That's a big thorn for me is that I, because I don't know. Other places, people from other countries tend to, I think, tend to know multiple languages because it's more of a necessity. Yeah. Like, um, America is so much of its own thing, and we don't really have to interact with people in other countries if we don't want to. Yeah, like it's, you, like a, it's like a thing that Americans feel uncomfortable when people are speaking foreign languages around them, and that's just, like, not a thing elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then the whole American system, like our education system, and there's just no emphasis or importance placed on knowing other languages. Yeah. Because we just kind of lean into, well, everyone knows English, so. Yeah. I think it's getting more strong. I just don't like it all. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. think, I think language is getting more of a focus. And like, I bet you if you grow up like near the Mexican border, you probably know some Spanish. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just, I want to, and also it's just like, it changes your brain, like 
pathology. Like, Vlad, or Vled, um, he, uh, so he grew up knowing Serbian and English, I think. Or maybe he learned English later. I think, no, I think he learned another, he, he learned two languages young in life. And then he also, like, he learned French at one point, I think. And then he, his Spanish was good for a while. So then he's just like, oh, I'm going to Portugal for a trip. I'm going to take this year and learn Portuguese. And he's, like, fluent in Portuguese now. So, like, mm-hmm. it's, one, it makes it, like, once you break that seal, I've been told it's way easier to learn languages after that. Yeah. So it's just, like, it's just so impressive to me and so, like, worth it, I feel like. Well, that's the thing. Like, is it worth it? Because I, I feel like odds are, like, 95% of my life is going to be lived in America. Um, no, it's one of those things you really want when you're somewhere else, but then once you're not there anymore, you yeah. don't need it, so what's the point? Yeah, so I've been, like, considering, like, oh, I definitely want to, like, go visit Aaron in France at some point. Should I just start trying to learn as much French as I can right now so that I'll, like, get something out of it if I go? I've thought the same thing, too. Because then I, I complain about there's no emphasis placed on it, it's not really, like, taught well in our schools, but... Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean I can't take the initiative to do it on my own. Yeah. But then there's just, it, there's just a lot more barrier to entry. There's a lot more friction there. Yeah, well, and then the thing is, is like, uh, just knowing languages is like a very sought-after skill. Like, mm-hmm. Vlad, he like rose in the ranks of his company really quickly because like, oh, your Portuguese is amazing and your English is amazing. Like, we're going to have you help out all the other foreign like workers that we have coming to portugal for this like co-op rotation like he's like instructing a bunch of other young workers because like he's so yeah. good at both languages mm-hmm. and then when you look at it from a utility standpoint then it's like well which language do i want to learn which one's going to be the best for me to know mm-hmm. because it's a big time and effort investment you want to you don't want to spend a bunch of time and effort learning a useless language yeah. And then, yes, so. what was funny about Vlad, too, though, is that uh, he said, like, there was there was a time where, like, he's hanging out in a group where, like, he has some Serbian friends in the group, everyone there is, he's, like, in Portugal, but then his English is mm-hmm. best, his English is really good, and everybody speaks a little English, so he'd be, like, speaking English to somebody, he finds himself talking to one of his Serbian friends for a while in the group, so then he would slip into Serbian, and then, like, he would be talking to a server at a restaurant and need to speak Portuguese, and he's just, like, and my brain was just, like, spinning yeah i can't imagine what that would feel like yeah and like oh man and then what's also weird is that like he was in america but he was learning portuguese in serbian because it was easier for him that's (laughs) insane yeah he's like we 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 made jokes that he's literally just like the doseki's the most interesting man in the world because like he's just so multifaceted and like a great guy and like has a story for everything and like meets all the interesting people and everybody loves him and it's just Mm-hmm. Like man, Vlad, you're the best. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, a shout out to Vlad. If Vlad listens to this episode of the podcast, you're great host, great pal. Just if you if you ever find yourself in in shouting distance of Vlad, have a conversation with him. Yeah, it sounds like he's a great example of you kind of get out of the universe what you put into the universe. Yeah, he's only putting out good vibes twenty four seven. Like uh oh man. Uh, Brian, so, last thorn, everything's small, I think I'm a big guy, small things crowd me quickly, that's self-explanatory. Oh, yeah. Can I just close out on a rose? It was this one particular story, um, so, Vlad 
great guy, great host. I've said that multiple times already. But uh, so we're in Madrid. We know the next stop is Braga, which is like his zone, right? He was going to show us around. Mm-hmm. He was really excited. Vlad showed up. When he showed up in Madrid, he had all that energy. The next day, you could not hear him at all. His voice was gone. He like kind of felt gross, but like wasn't sure if he was sick. But he was powering through, so it was kind of hard to tell. But you could not hear him hardly at all. He would just, like, not talk. And he was kind of doing the thing you did where, like, he had the chloroseptic spray. And, like, you could tell he was, like, fighting through. It was like you on the Southwest yeah. trip. But, uh, yeah. so he's fighting. And then he he's just like, I need to get tested so that I can, like, so that we can go from Spain to Portugal. I need to get COVID test. He gets the COVID test and it's negative. But then he's saying, hey, guys, my plane ticket, my name is spelled wrong. And, like, I'm worried that that on top of me not feeling too great on top of me being like Serbian and like, I don't know, like a multitude of factors. is just like, I don't want this flight to not go through for me. And then you guys to get there without me. So he's just like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to skip the whole thing. I'm going to go take an overnight bus to Braga, get there before you guys so that I can receive you mm-hmm. and we're, we'll be good. And we're just like, Oh, Vlad, like that's, and he like felt bad about it. And we're just like, no, Vlad, that is like extremely thoughtful. Like, I would like I would not expect you to like feel like you need to do that but like if that's if you yeah. if you feel that sense of responsibility go for it like that's just being very considerate. He's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to take an overnight bus." So he takes the overnight bus. Meanwhile, the rest of us wake up early, catch a plane from like a 1-hour plane ride from mm-hmm. Madrid. No. Yeah, yeah, from Madrid to Braga. And then we take an hour bus from uh, well, because we flew into Puerto, so then we take a bus from Puerto to Braga. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're all, like, travel-wearied. We didn't really sleep. Th- we all slept, like, three hours the night before because one dude in our hostel snored, like, super loud. Nice. So we're all, like, tired. We're not sure. Meanwhile, we had already gotten revived upon arriving in Madrid by Vlad. So he brought the energy mm-hmm. then. We roll up to Puerto, or not, we roll up to Braga in our bus and we just see Vlad's already waiting there. He's, like, got his sunglasses on. We're just like, oh, man, Vlad's... Like, we see him, and we're just like... <laughs> immediately, our mood rises just by seeing the guy. Yeah. We get off the bus, <laughs> and they're just like, hey, guys, how was the trip? Like, did you... Like, was it all good? And, like, meanwhile, we know this dude's still kind of sick, and he took an overnight bus to get there. And he's just like, <laughs> he's like, what is up, guys? He's, like, dabbing us up and, like, hugging us. And, like, we're just like, oh, man, Vlad's the best. We're all hungry because we didn't really have breakfast. We just got on the plane. Some of us got some snacks. And then we, like, took the bus, so we're all, like, hungry, tired, travel-wearied. He whips out, he's just like, guys, you know, I brought out, I brought you, and he takes out six of these, they're called pastel donata. It's like an egg tart. Mm-hmm. They're super creamy, super delicious, like, flaky pastry holding, like, this egg cream. Yeah. Um, we were eating them left and right every chance we could get. But he brings, he just whips out, like, six of them from the grocery store, and we're just like, oh, Vlad, you're the best. So we like, it was just so, it was so nice and he's just like so good at hosting. So we're all like eating these, we each get like one, then we're splitting up the last two and then we're just like, you want a bite? And then we're like trying to divvy up the last two and then he's like, guys, 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 whips out another box of six of these things. So we're just like, Vlad, oh my God. (laughs) He's just, he's just so good at hosting and just a great friend to have in your life. So. This this podcast and that trip brought to you by Vlad. Nice. But uh but yeah, that's pretty much all I 
I think that's all I got to say about Europe. All right. We'll never talk about it again. Nope. <laughs> that's all we have to say. Unless we have Aaron on the pod to talk about Italy. She just got back today, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of Wilsons abroad these past couple weeks. Yeah. I remember to text oh, yeah, her about guess... her birthday, but very nearly didn't text you about yours. Yeah, that's fine. Don't forget, today's Mary's birthday. Shout out to Mary. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dad mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, so, Mary. So, yeah. Next week, we'll probably be together in the flesh. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm making a trip back to Ohio for Memorial Day weekend, so. When was the last time we saw each other? Probably Christmas. Really? Yeah. Huh. Welcome to adult life. <laughs> oh, boy. That's nice. Yeah. Um. But, Brian... It's good to be back. Glad we got to record together. Can't have myself being boxed out by your fiance. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah. we have an obligation to the listeners. No, so if anything, I was, I was, to... I was appreciate, appreciative that she stepped up for me. Um, I mean, you haven't listened to the episode yet. You don't know all the shit she was talking. Yeah, actually, you know what? I might listen to that today. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> rec. But, uh, but Brian, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to email into the pod your thoughts on Europe, maybe some interesting observations you have on some differences, um, we're hopefully going to be just like back in the common groove. So I'm going to be getting out some tweets, maybe some even Instagram posts to try and get our audience engaged on a, on the social media. Um, speaking of which, Brian, we have some pet peeves from Simon. Do we want to pickle those? Okay. I'm, yeah, they're all they're all. Every time a pet peeve comes my way, I throw it in, on the pickle shelf. On the pickle shelf. Um, yeah, I've got a couple from some local listeners here in Wilmington. Okay, so. so yeah, we're gearing up for another one of those. But uh, yeah, if you want to email in, it's weeklywilsonpod at gmail dot com. If you want to get us on social media, it's weeklywilsonpod both on Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up. Um, but yeah. Thank you to all you for listening, and it's good to be back. But until the end of next week, unless otherwise noted, my name's Jay Wilson, his name's Brian Wilson, and this has been The Weekly Wilson. have that scat back in my life oh yeah i'm sure sydney just mailed it in (laughs) (laughs) you'll have to listen to that episode to find out